Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to a Skyrimatic podcast where I will discuss my adventures and misadventures through Skyrim. Join me. Add your stories, add your tales. Let's uh, let's get into this thing. Back, Skyrimatic Podcast 126, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. And I could be mistaken. Uh, I am Michael. I'll be back. I'm going to be doing a little solo show today after the ESO show last week. Um, quickly, show announcements as always July 16th, Philly Pod Fest, 5 p.m. Tattooed Moms, come see the Fallout Feed crew, the me crew of a Skyrimatic. Uh, Victor, obviously, from over here, over there. Uh, Pat, Andrew, I think Dennis will be there as well. Ray, I believe, is coming up. So there is a uh, little crew of us going to be there. Come check it out if you're in the area. If you're not, uh, you'll try to do it on, have somebody put it up on Facebook Live or something so it can be seen. Uh, and some oh do Facebook live events sometimes I know uh, Fallout Feed obviously records on YouTube I've been doing some of these on Facebook Live within the Facebook group uh, facebook.com slash group slash Skyrimatic Podcast so uh, if you want to see those those are over there usually so not this one uh, generally ones with feedback and stuff where I have to do editing I don't do that but uh, just uh, like last week's was uh, on Facebook Live so. All right. Oh, also, we are kind of bandying about. want to see the interest of uh, an Oblivion roundtable. So if you have played or are interested in playing Oblivion, uh, keep an ear out for that. So kind of bouncing that around right now. So it would be something I would assume later in the summer after July uh, in that range since it's mid-June right now. But uh, other than that, um, I've just been going through my, what is that thing called? Uh, Dark Brotherhood character, playing that a little bit. Uh, I've been playing some Minecraft too, but uh, that that's about all the gaming I've been doing. But uh, this episode, I have a couple pieces of feedback that I wanted to get into. I have a part two from Todd of uh, Kiana's feedback, and uh, I have some feedback from... Uh, a special guest of the show a few weeks ago, Steve from Skyrim Book Club. So be checking both of those out here. And uh, actually, up first, I'm going to get into Todd's. I'll be playing some of it, obviously hopping in, talking about it, things like that. So uh, check out Todd's feedback right here. Good morning, Skyrim Addicts. Well, at least it's morning for me. Um, this is Todd, back again with another 
update on my um, character Kiana, the Red Guard monk with a vow of poverty. And she's been through a lot since uh, the last update I sent in to Michael. Um, she's actually been through a heck of a lot. I decided to play Kiana um, through the main storyline. She's fully into being uh, a dragonborn, and we'll see the Greybeards as a an order to be worthy to sort of be a part of. Um, although as a Redguard female, she'll never have a gray beard. But um, it's been really interesting. There's a couple of things that I had to do. Um, I started uh, justifying looting animals uh, so as not to waste the carcasses as a sort of role-playing thing and discovered that I was making too much money and it was doing too much. So I had to stop doing that or at least I could go ahead and take it make the stuff and maybe dump it in a barrel or something instead of selling it so I was making a little too much money too fast even just by making leather bracers um, so I'm sticking with just fletching arrows um, she's up to dwarven smithing now after a little after a little bit of grinding on that for leather bracers and stuff but um, I also had to drop the difficulty down from adept to novice. I don't know that... I, I'm thinking I might, might put it back up to adept here pretty soon because uh, it has gotten a little simpler because I have done a couple of mod things and stuff. Um, I'm also trying to maybe change the style of my updates a little bit. I've been doing a little bit of writing and uh, really dedicating a little bit of time to it to try to improve what I'm doing here and send it in to Michael um, and make it a little bit better and maybe a little more interesting rather than just me rambling on and on and on. Um, a little bit about her real quick. Um, while I was playing, um, when I first started the character, uh, while I was using, I am using, excuse me, a, um, a build off of the Tamriel Vault called the Aerosworn. I'm not following it exactly. Uh, but I did decide after uh, doing Hellgun and starting the uh, uh, the main quest and stuff that I did decide that I would kind of stick with her as a sort of uh, monk dedicated mostly to RK, but she's also more of a, a mystical, divinely chosen character. You know, the whole Dragonborn thing is supposed to be a gift of Akatosh. A uh, little later on, she'll um, get a little bit more attached to the other ones as well. Um, and as she gains their blessings and things that make her journey and her struggles a little more simpler. So, I didn't actually start writing until well after um, uh, she had actually left White Run. Um, to head to Morthal, I was going to do the Horn of Jurgen Windcaller. In between there, I had done uh, several things. She was sort of developing and getting uh, more stable in my mind um, as the role playing really uh, was coming out. So she did the main quest, got up, and I, I'm actually going to keep Lydia as a follower rather than playing as a strict sneak archer. Um, I did take. 
the first perk of sneak just to help a little bit. I don't normally play archers. I'm not very good at it, honestly. But this has actually gotten a little bit better. Um, but I don't think I would recommend playing this character on a much higher difficulty than adept. Uh, maybe expert. That does seem, yeah, I would assume the difficulty would have to be lowered since because of the limitations with the character, then they're looting, you're going to level a little slower. Um, I like the idea of making the bracers, that excellent way to level up. But yeah, you make money quicker and level up a little bit. Um, I've always found sneaking an archery easy, so I, I always find it odd because the game pushes you that way, you know, in, in general anyway. But it does seem like it fits this character, obviously, since you're not looting at all, that using the the wilds, you know, the wild animals or or whatever in uh in Skyrim, more of a hunting character, it's gonna it's gonna help quite a bit. So, um Lydia is a partner I like. Uh, she's always good. Especially if you're gonna be more sneaky or, or a little bit of sneak anyway, and uh using some archery and stuff like that. Uh, also, well, you could always use feigned all. You could both snipe from far away <laughs> and attack people. There's that as well. But uh, uh, Lydia is always a good go-to for for anything like that. But uh, yeah, I, I, that's the one thing I never worry about have moving difficulty down if I have to um, to enjoy the game. Because really, in the end, it's about being able to enjoy the character and not like beating yourself to death, uh, like with a skeleton or something like that. So, yeah, no shame in uh, lowering difficulty level. But it was, a, it was a little rough even on Adept, uh, at least until I got Lydia, it got a little easier. But even then, there were still things that uh, we couldn't quite deal with, even though I'm using things like, you know, heal other and stuff, uh, trying to keep her uh, going pretty good. So she primarily likes to hunt the undead, uh, necromancers, you know, evil mages. Uh, that's kind of her thing. Her story really started to come together after she had finally met the Greybeards, and she had done a few things in Whiterun for a few of the characters there, uh, such as Amarin. Uh, and uh, actually haven't done Yasoldas yet. I haven't found a Mammoth Tusk. That's actually going to be hard, considering it don't loot. Um... And then we went to Iverstead, you know, and I did a couple of things around there. When I finally decided to kind of stop side questing around Whiterun, I decided I really wanted to uh, finish getting Unrelenting Force and move on in the main quest to get the Jurgen Windcaller, I decided to head to Morthal, uh, by way of Dawnstar, actually, uh, run up, where... She met Cicero, helped convince uh, the farmer there, whose name I can't remember, uh, to help Cicero with his wagon. There wasn't much anything interesting until they got to Dawnstar, and where they went to the inn uh, for a meal rest. And of course, there's Erinder, who was, you know, talking about the nightmares with the the locals, and. Kiana decided that the Divines had had 
sent her there to Dawnstar for a reason. There was a reason she had decided to go that way rather than just take a carriage straight to Morthal. That's a uh, fun quest there in Dawnstar with the nightmares and Nightcaller Temple and and going back and, you know, essentially going back in time and seeing how it all went down. Uh, and uh, you get to help a lot of people at, at one time. So I wonder, I think, I'm not sure how many people then that allows you to, you know, get things from. Since he's not looting, you know, obviously the friendships, uh, relationships are, are much more important. So how many people are you able to get things from um, without looting just by doing that one quest? Uh, I'm not sure of that, actually, because I've never really done, mechanically, I've never played the game that way where I'm not looting. So that is interesting. So if you can do a quest where you befriend more people or, you know, more people will, will allow you to take items from them, things like that. I mean, that's that becomes a super helpful quest. Um I wonder if there's a few people in town who would do that. So that, I mean, that's something I should look into. Uh, but that's uh, would definitely be a uh, helpful tool uh, playing this style of game is finding one quest where a large group of people feel they owe you something. They set off for Nightcaller Temple, and that was actually where I had to lower the difficulty. Um, Nightcaller? Nightcaller Temple isn't overly difficult, but and made most I made most of the way through it, and there I came to a point where there was one orc warrior with a big two-handed battle axe, and since of course they won't let you take Lydia in, it's just you and Erender. Uh. He kept just putting Erinder down quickly, and then he would come at me, and I couldn't keep up with his attacks, and he just kept putting me down, putting me down, putting me down. So I finally was just like, God, the heck with this, because I wanted to finish it. I was running out of playtime, and so I had to lower the difficulty. I haven't actually raised it back up since, but even then, there's been a few things that have still been rather challenging, so I kind of glad that I haven't or I might have ended up getting kind of frustrated. Once that was done, <laughs> leave Nightcrawler. Night I keep wanting to call it Nightcrawler Temple. But it's Nightcrawler Temple. Um, where I spared Erinder, obviously. Let him destroy the Skull of Corruption because well, she's the ultimate good guy and agent of the Divines, right? Sorry, I'm trying to look at my notes here. The funniest thing happened um come down the mountain and there are vampires um, attacking the guard the carriage drivers and they're fighting try to jump in help the vampires and what happens a dragon lands and so the dragons so now we're fighting a dragon just as the dragon dies here comes a frost troll <laughs> And this is just like one thing after the other. Vampires, dragon, frost troll. <coughs> that actually took, took a couple of tries even on novice difficulty. Um, I think it's novice. Novice is under adept. But we made it. And uh, one of the guards just happened to mention uh, the next morning after resting up at the end, the guard, one of the guards happens to mention the Hall of the Vigilance. 
So she decides to head to the Hall of the Vigilance and sees that it's just been completely destroyed and wrecked by vampires. So now her mission is getting uh, even more solidified. You know, she just keeps running into these evil Daedra and, you know, she's gone north vampires, you know, and dragons and just all this nasty stuff. So she's vowed to just take out every vampire that she can get her hands on. I love that uh, all these little events, the, these normal little events that you come across in the game are used to, you know, make characters and, and change how the character feels and and grow the character. Um, you know, instead of it just being an event that happens or something you come across or a place to clear out, it's actually something that matters to the character and uh, changes it in some way and moves it forward or or maybe even completely turns you 180 from where you thought you were going and you do a different uh, different style playthrough or take your character down a different road or different uh, mindset with it. So all those little things. That's that's why it's so replayable, I think. But uh, I like I like hearing that. Um, I do that sometimes. I'm not as great as it, at, you know, at the role playing as uh, others, but uh, I do like having a character and and not just going through and clearing stuff now. Just uh, going through and and finding what that character does that's why i tend to stick to if i'm going to do a, a new character i try to do like oh, i'm going to do kind of plan it out like the thieves and this or that things that kind of mesh together instead of just you know becoming the head of every faction and uh, the dragonborn and this and that because uh, it just uh, doesn't seem as realistic when you're all those things whereas if you focus on a few of them it, it becomes um I don't know, more, I guess, realistic is the word or, you know, more reasonable <laughs> that people wouldn't know you in the other factions, I guess, instead of knowing you. So uh, I, I kind of like that aspect of it. Um, so this is when she finally gets to the dwarven smithing park so we can make some dwarven arrows. It takes every bit of money uh, that she's got, and but she manages to... Uh, Smith up some dwarven arrows there before we leave Dawnstar. She heads to Morthal, and just what happens in Morthal? Well, one of the main stories is about uh, a vampire trying to take over the town. So she investigates and, and just deals with the vampires there, and she's just like, oh my god, you know, like where are all these vampires coming from? Like, it's just ridiculous. Um, the interesting thing about that was as soon as, and I don't know if this has something to do maybe with the unofficial patch um, or what, but as soon as she deals with that, uh, the Jarl makes her a thing just right away. So I guess maybe it counts, <clears throat> excuse me, as um, helping three people. I'm not really sure. I decided to grab the Lord Stone, um, get a little extra armor rating and some magic resistance before uh, moving on to doing uh, Ustengrav for the horn. So, grab the Lord Stone, head to Ustengrav. Once that's dealt with, instead of going straight to back to Riverwood uh, to meet with Delphine, uh, 
she and this is me kind of metagaming but role playing it out that she gets visions from the divines and so that night she has a vision of the temple in solitude you know the temple of the eight divines I guess because they removed the shrine to Talos so she decides to head to solitude and it's there that she will um oh I'll skip stuff <laughs> but um she decides that you know heading to solitude is a pretty good idea uh visiting the the temple there and just kind of you know that's where her visions are leading her at this point um right before that uh, when I was going to get the Lord Stone, I had actually done something I don't recall ever doing before. Um, there was a cave there, and I can't remember the name of it, and I didn't put it in my notes. But there are bandits, and it's like a it's like a barrow, and there are bandits there. Um, there's a woman outside, and she's fighting off other bandits. And, uh, you know, she tells you that there's a problem inside. They've all gone nuts or something. Or, But you make your way through, and it turns out, like, uh, the bandits are fighting over this sword, the Pale Blade. And uh, it's released a ghost called the Pale Lady. So that was actually kind of a fitting quest for my character. I don't recall ever having done that one before. And uh, it was very fitting. It was interesting to... Um, play through that and have her actually pick up the sword and put it back just to make sure that the the ghost didn't come back. Yeah, the Pale Lady quest, that's in Frostmere Crypt, uh, which is pretty much due north of there, uh, due north of the Lordstone uh, in that general area by, uh, what was that called? Uh, trying to remember. Uh Hall the uh, yeah, it's like uh, sorry, I just wanted to look at a map real quick, like west of Hall of the Vigilant in that area before you get down to the Lordstone, which is south of there. Uh, but I enjoy that quest; it's a good quest. Um, you can return to Blade, I believe she goes away, or you can battle her in that one. And yeah, you go in there. There's, uh, I think somebody runs ahead, if I'm not mistaken, and is is battling the. Uh, She's a wisp mother, the pale lady. Uh, let's see. I'll get a quick walk through here. It's been a while since uh since I did it. Uh Frostmere Crypt. Bandits attacking. Uh the bandit attack if Elsa Blackthorn, that's her name. And she has a journal that you can read about. Uh you go through the crypt. One of the you can find two journals, one belonging to Kier. Isis reading both journals will update the optional quest. It's also revealed that Isis' friend, Rajir, seems to have started losing his mind soon after the farce was discovered. So, And then you uh, <clears throat> run in. And actually, I think it's Rajir you see who is uh, running up to battle the Pale Lady. But uh, he dies pretty quickly. So you can uh, save him, though, if you... You can either like steal the blade from him or kill the pale lady really quick. Probably if you're a, uh, I think you have to have the shouts activated, so you have to be playing as a dragonborn because uh, you have to. Maybe it's whirlwind sprint, something like that. I don't know. You have to get up there quickly. I I think I've done it with archery. 
uh, you know, when I'm a real high level archer, I think I've done it. So you can do that. And uh, he'll attack you anyway, so it doesn't really matter. But you can steal the thing from him, put it back, and then just leave and uh, let him stay in the cave for the rest of his life. But so those are those are your options with the pale lady. <laughs> Poor Rajir uh, doesn't really have a good uh, ending either way. <laughs> so there is that. We end the solitude, uh, Lydia in tow, and then she actually took a carriage to solitude. I didn't walk. Um, got a little lazy there. She wanted to give her legs a rest. And of course there's the execution stuff. And this is where I took a little bit of role-playing liberty. Uh, she visits the temple, touches each shrine, you know, prays at the shrine and stuff. And I had downloaded um, a mod called Mystic Monk Armor. And while the the armors uh, to me were kind of ugly, there are robes that you can make at the forge uh, for four leather and four leather strips, not for much, that uh, look exactly like the the brown robes she was wearing and that I really like. Um, they're very aesthetically pleasing for some reason with this character, and uh, you can get them. They're pre-enchanted. So I've kind of, uh, not with anything overpowered or anything like that. The hood has like 70 extra magicka. The chest piece has 100% um, uh, magicka regeneration. And then um, you can get a couple of different kinds of shoes. One with carry weight, which obviously I don't need. Um, though she is carrying quite a bit, it's mostly in food. Uh, and then... Um, Oh, shoot, what did the gloves have? I can't remember offhand and didn't write it down. Uh, but the gloves have enchantment as well. And you can get those robes in armored versions as well. And it's kind of a, a low armor rating. Uh, it's, I think with the Lordstone and stuff, it came out to just slightly over 100. So, which wasn't too bad. And I kind of played that off as being uh, blessings from the Divines. And so that's given me a little bit of uh, damage reduction while still maintaining my... And I just pretended that, that they blessed her current outfit rather than uh, uh, playing out that she uh, made it and stuff like that. So I just, I just kind of went ahead and did that. And it's kind of helped the survivability a little bit. I, I don't have a ton of time to play all the time, and I don't want to spend a lot of time reloading. But I felt that it was justified. Um, and there's a lot, you know, of, of interesting quests um, there uh, around Solitude and stuff that uh, she ended up picking up that were just very fitting for the character. Meridia Shrine, uh, and Wolf School Cave and stuff, which I might pick up there next time um, as I've tried to write more of a, a narrative after this. Uh, with an actual story. But um, again, I want to thank Michael for uh, taking my feedback and playing it. Uh, thank everybody on the Facebook group who's answered uh, any questions I've ever thrown up or anything like that. And I appreciate anybody listening to this. I hope I don't bore you to death or that you find it interesting. But um, I... Uh 
well, I guess I'll just call it there. Um, and like I said, next time I'm going to try to I'm gonna try to make it a little more interesting. Uh, I don't know whether I actually will be able to or not, but thank you again. Appreciate it. Bye. That. Thank you, Todd. Sorry, I am now on the wrong track. That's weird. All right. Sorry. Behind the scenes stuff there. Uh, when I miss edit a show. Yeah, hopefully we get to hear uh, the continuing tales of Kiana. Uh, and uh, Todd goes in a uh, little more narrative style if he wants. That's cool. I'm uh, cool either way. But uh, yeah, no, Solitude, there's a lot of great areas to explore. You ha obviously have um, Meridius Beacon, of course, being the big one. Uh, you have Wolf Skull. Um, there's some bandits on an island um, just outside just um was it southwest of town if i'm not mistaken like past the mill and all that that they're just kind of random that's not a location but they're just kind of randomly there uh i enjoy running into babette around the meridia's beacon from time to time uh there's uh the areas to the east uh like the lighthouse and uh, what are those some of those grottos to the east uh, along the coast there um, there's, uh, you know, a lot of good stuff. Obviously, was it Ooston Grabs right across the way? Um, uh, you're, you can have that one house over there. <laughs> I forget what that name Why? I have that house and I can't remember the name of it. Actually, I don't have that character anymore, so I don't have that house now. But, no, Solitude Area is pretty good. Um, although, if you're a non-fast traveling character, as I learned, and you're playing with Frostfall, Solitude is a pain in the ass to get to and from on a regular basis. Uh, so... There is that. Unless you get the water walking boots from over in Solstheim, then you're okay. But otherwise, you're constantly getting wet, it's cold, and you freeze a lot. So uh, getting around that area with Frostfall is a little more difficult, I gotta say. I, I struggled with that in the beginning. With uh, I think that was my roundtable character I was doing that with. Uh, I for sure struggled with that pretty mightily, so... Uh, I'm going to save uh, Steve's feedback for the next episode. Uh, I'm going to do shorter episodes here in the summer, except for when uh, large groups of us to get together. So I'll be be planning one of those again soon as well. Um, if you have any feedback, send it on in. Obviously play it and discuss it. And uh, hopefully, uh, let's see, I'm trying to plan another ESO show for, for early July. So stay tuned for that if you're interested in Morrowind. Uh, if you have any feedback for that, so then we're going to be getting that together as well. So, uh, and also we're going to be planning, uh, hopefully, for a for an Oblivion roundtable coming up. Mm, figure the end of the summer-ish right now. We're, we're just throwing quest ideas together. Uh, breaking down the main quest into segments that would work because, you know, some of those some of those parts are longer than others. So um, just to, you know, make sure it's pretty balanced that we don't have like three quick quests on one and three super long quests on another where you're playing for hours and hours. Because getting through some of those uh, oblivion, shutting down some of those gates can be, uh, can take some time. Although if you have the chameleon armor and you're pretty high level invisibility, you know, and it's a pretty high level chameleon armor. Uh, you can sneak right through, right to the top, steal that stone, and close that gate. Not even battle anyone. May have done that a lot of times. Or if you're really fast, <laughs> you can run to the top, take it, and just dive on in and close the gate. So there is that. That's happened a few times. 
Uh, there are multiple ways. You can also fight everyone on the way through, all the clan fears, etc., etc. Uh, but after a while, you have so much crap, you don't need to keep fighting them. So it's, sometimes it's just easier to sneak through or just run through, honestly. And there's, what, there's only a certain amount of uh, maps for those gates. I forget what it is. There's certain... They're not like an unlimited uh, style of map. It, it, there's a... I forget how many there is. There's only a select number. So if you know um, how to get up the towers and all, it, it's not too bad. It's pretty quick, actually. Uh, the later... I think the, the big gate at the end is the tougher one that I always forget and get lost in. I remember getting lost in there a few times because you have to go underground and then back up and then like cross a bridge to another tower and then down if I'm not mistaken. But that's that's for another time. So uh, if you have feedback, podcast at gmail.com. Uh, if you want to attend our live show, July 16th, 5 p.m. in Philadelphia. You can also email me to find out about that and join the Facebook group. Right now, uh, the Fallout Roundtable is going on, obviously. Check out the Fallout feed. Uh, Chatterbox will probably be back next week, uh, maybe the week after. So check that out. And uh, I think that's all I have for now. So next time, be getting in some more feedback. And uh, I'm out of here. Uh, send in anything you like. Later, everyone. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.